Thank you for tuning in to Detail Memoirs. This episode is brought to you by Rotafest and Zenware. Rotafest is the most powerful mobile invoicing software designed for auto detailers and recon professionals on the market today. More than just a mobile invoicing app, it gives you a complete suite of tools to manage your business. Yes, it has a mobile app designed for the iPhone and Android to decode the VIN and create an invoice in the field. But it also includes integration with QuickBooks, customer management tools, text and email reminders, reports, and now inventory management is included in this powerful suite of tools. Learn more about Rotafest at rotafest.com. All right. Well, good day and welcome to another episode of Rotafest Detail Memoirs. It is a continuation of our Business 101 series with Mr. Prentice St. Clair. The man, the myth, the legend. He is a detailed trainer extraordinaire, runs Detail Academy, of course, his own business, Detail in Progress. He's also the PNS Detail Products Train Director of Training, right? That is correct. Yeah. Sometimes plays with PNS in their booth and uh, stands up for the IDA. It's like pretty much if Prentice is is sponsored by everyone. Yeah, and look, so. I mean, look in the background. He's on the cover of the Rolling Stone, the Car Washing Magazine. I finally made it, guys. <laughs> finally made it. I remember getting this magazine as a young detailer in the late '90s and thinking, "Wow, this is pretty cool." Well, it, it is cool. And, yeah. and I tell you, you know, you talk about the late nineties. I mean, we are talking to a man that has a huge amount of experience, both as a business owner, but also a trainer and, and an advocate and a, uh, evangelist for the industry working to help everybody. And, uh, we reached out to Prentice, as you guys know, a couple weeks ago, uh, to start this business one-on-one series to answer some of the questions that I think a lot of times small business owners don't think about or that they n- know about even to ask the questions. And so we reached out to Prentice, and this is actually our third series. So make sure to check out the last one. I'll put a link to the posts where we talked about compliance. And this week we are talking about everybody's favorite thing, insurance. insurance. Yeah. <laughs> Get, Get ready to take a nap. Yeah. Then it's, you know, I think what it is, is every time we talk to people and say, you know, what do you want to hear? What kind of topics do you want? Everybody wants to hear business topics, but then when it gets right down to it, I think sometimes people are either uh, intimidated by it or like you said, get a pillow. They think it's going to be boring. But when you're a business owner, you have to look at these things because they are uber, uber important to do that. And so we just, we just, we're going to get into this and talk about this stuff. Um, Please, questions send questions to us if you have them comments anything you want if if you don't hear what you need to hear today send questions we will answer them so Prentice, send the rotten tomatoes to those guys <laughs> right absolutely well, we, we've actually That's... erected a, a cage in front of the booth just right. in case we do have someone walk in oh, i've yeah. had enough yeah. it's, it's modeled after uh the blues brothers that first uh, yeah. gig they did where the bottles are breaking that's that's what we got we got a chicken wire cage in front of us it's right you got some big old you know bodyguards out there up front it's just yeah. us <laughs> just us <laughs> oh, okay good luck yeah, yeah. good luck good so, luck with that all right so let, let's jump into this because um you know insurance isn't 
one of those things that you look forward to buying. It's not like you get a dream of the new car that Rod bought like three months ago. But yeah, how'd your insurance do after getting a new car there, Rod? It did, it did just wonderfully because it just was replaced by, and this is a good topic, I replaced the insurance policy I had. I didn't cancel it. I just transferred it to a new vehicle. So that's right. a good way to save money. So, But they didn't get your rates on a new car? No, it's it already a convertible and it was already a four-seater. So I bought a 911 Carrera convertible and it's also considered a four-seater. So uh, there's a little tiny pad in the back that they consider a back seat. So it actually didn't raise it. And, and because I'm 50 and not 20, the insurance rates didn't go up very high. So, Right. Anyway, um, but it actually is the first question that somebody asked on the, on the business series was, what do you get for insurance? And so we're going to talk about the different types and where you go and all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, we got to start with, you know, it's kind of a, what, why do I need insurance? Why is insurance so, so important? Okay. Well, think of insurance as, um, as the, uh, what do I want to say? It's when the worst case happens. That's really what you're insuring against is when the worst thing happens and it really is keeps your business afloat. So if you like uh, what you're doing and the money that you're making, um, you don't want some terrible catastrophic event uh, that completely ruins your business and ruins your income for, for years to come. I mean, I've known people who um, were uninsured and had some uh, catastrophic event and that, and then they had to, to, to quit detailing altogether and, and find a job or go do something else. So that's really what it's about. Um, it's not about like the day-to-day little of accidents that might happen or, you know, you scrape a bumper or something like that. That's not what it's for. It's, it's for the car lights on fire, your shop lights on fire. Um, you, you burn through the hood of a uh, Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't even know if it's for that per se, uh, because um, because you're. Hmm, let's talk about that later. That's a good one. Yep. You're, you're sending me off the side over here. So, um, but uh, in, so that's what it's for. It's to protect you against the worst case scenario. And w- what we say is that the worst case scenario is never going to happen, right? We don't right, want to right. distance, yep. but if it does, at least you've got something. All right? right. So insurance is also, and a lot of people don't think about this part of it. It's really also part of your marketing program. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, uh, when people call me and they start asking about prices and, and they say, well, that seemed like an awful lot. And I say, well, I, I always tell them, I, um, you know, when you're, I, I appreciate your shopping for price. I understand. When you're looking around for your different uh, through your different catalog of detailers or however you're finding them, make sure that the person you're talking to is number one licensed city business license, number two insured, okay, so they have insurance, yep. and number three um, certified. You know they got their IDA certification. So those are the three things I suggest people do when they're when they're shopping, and and you know there really is a difference. And so part part of my marketing is look you're you're getting a complete business person when you, when you get me. Um, I'm not just a detailing technician. I'm also a businessman. I know what I'm doing. I, I'm properly insured. So if something terrible happens, uh, it will be covered. You will be able to, to you as the consumer will be able to, uh, 
get a recovery from that. Yes, so, especially if you're doing a lot. To, to me, um, insurance, and I heard this term years and years ago, insurance is risk mitigation. You are mitigating risk before it happens. And the more yes. things you can do to mitigate that risk, to have insurance, to be certified, to have a business license, that is just every time you do that, you're mitigating more and more and more risk. And you're narrowing yourself into a category of, let's say that I'm you know, going around and I pick up Bentleys and Ferraris and I deliver them back to my shop. Right. You're, that's the first question they're going to ask you. Are you insured for that? And you're going to say yes. In, in our world, in the software world, we have what's called errors and omissions. Mm. And that means if I make an error and it causes you to lose money, I'm covered. And again, it's the same thing. It's just risk mitigation. It says, you know, I'm not a perfect human and there may or may not be problems. Um, and if there is, then it's taken care of. I can have a, a right. peace of mind that that risk is is taken care of. Um, you know, any everybody's heard of any kind of contractor that comes in your house, the same three terms, licensed, bonded, and insured. Mm -hmm. you, you don't want somebody that's not insured climbing up a tree in your yard, cutting down a tree, and then afterwards they're like, oh, by the way, I'm not insured, so if I fall out of this tree, it's on you. It's yeah, or if the tree falls on your house. Yeah, it's yeah, the same exactly. thing with you as a, as a detailer. You know, you're touching somebody else's vehicle. There, there is a chance that something could go wrong. Um, again, like you stated, you could have a catastrophic thing happen where the vehicle catches on fire and, you know, burns down their house. Well, you want to be um, covered for that. Yeah, and that, and and I'm going to um, I, I'm really going to stress this this thought, especially with automotive detailing. It's for the really bad stuff. All yes. right. Mm -hmm. We're not trying to insure every little thing. And, and going back to what you're talking about, when, no. when they give that example of like burning through the paint on the hood of a Ferrari. OK, that might actually be something where I'll self-insure, where I'll um, find my favorite. I, you know, I have an association with a body shop or, right. you know, if the customer insists on taking it to uh, body shop X, Y, Z, I say, OK, take it there. I'll pay for it. Okay, so I'm self-insuring. And the reason I'm doing that is because if I process a claim for that repainting that hood on that Ferrari, what's going to happen to my um, insurance rates after that? Right. Okay, number right. one, I'm going to pay for at least the full retail cost of that repair over the next X amount of years, maybe mm -hmm. one year, three years. I'm not sure how it works in the business side of it. Um, uh, I know on auto side, if you cause an accident, and you run it through your insurance, you're basically paying for the cost of the, of all the repairs involved over the next three years. So um, it's going to be something like that. But then, you know, your rates might stay elevated forever because they just think of you as a risk. Yeah. 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 So there's certain, certain situations where you're going to say, okay, I am I going to take care of this out of pocket or am I going to take care of it through my insurance? And so I would say um, think of your insurance as as risk mitigation for the really big stuff that might happen. Okay. Right. And, and the other thing you want to do is when you talk to an insurance agent, um, you want to get there's different types of insurance. OK, so, uh, for instance, you got a brick and mortar or you've got a van with your stuff in it or you've got your clients. Think of them as three separate boxes. So our office that we're in right here, I have insurance on the equipment and on the things in this office to protect me as a business owner. And this happened in 2013. Somebody kicked in the doors of this building and they stole five laptops. Right. I have insurance. 
every right. single one of those laptops was replaced. Everything was taken care of. I paid $0 for that. So just out of curiosity, what happened to your rates after that? Nothing. Oh, nothing. oh, interesting. Absolutely yeah, we were nothing. actually, I was actually surprised that no. they actually stayed okay. the same. Right. And the reason why is the type of insurance is it, that is a mitigating risk of an outside factor that has nothing to do with me. There's nothing that I did. Gotcha. There's nothing I could have done. They checked to make sure we had deadbolts on the doors. They checked to make sure that the doors were locked. That there was cameras. And that there were cameras and things like that. So, so as long as you're following all the rules, then yeah. there shouldn't be a problem. The other type of insurance, like I said, is Arizona missions, me or one of my, you know, our guys make a mistake. Then our rates would go up for that because that's an internal problem, right? Right. And the other thing is the insuring of, for instance, you're a mobile detailer and you've got uh, a van with a bunch of products. Um, you want to make sure that that's covered as well, because somebody breaks into that van or steals the van and steals your products. You got to make sure you can get reimbursed for all of that. Right. One, one of the challenges with that too is you need to be able to show the value of what was in that van. So making sure that you're keeping good track of your inventory and the value of that, whether it's in your shop or whether it's in your van is really critical for you to, when you do have to file that claim to go, look, I have documentation of everything that was in that van and it is worth X dollars. Mm -hmm. I tell you, if you have that prepared, it is so much easier turning that over versus well, I think I had five gallons of this and I, you know, I, yeah. I did have a pressure washer and, you know, it becomes kind of a guessing game versus, hey, you know, when you can go to your insurance agent and say, look, I have all of this documented, it makes the process way easier. Just like when we got broken into, we had receipts for all of our laptops. We actually had the boxes still that they came into with all the serial numbers. So, you know, making sure that you keep a record of those things is really critical when you do have a problem. Right. Yeah. And we'll put yeah, in a yeah. quick plug for RoadFS that it can do that for your shop. So talk there to us. There you go. But anyway. Yeah. So uh, it, those are all great points, guys. You're, you're, you're doing half my presentation, which is great, which means I can go take a nap. Well, that's why we do this together. <laughs> a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of theme around napping. I, don't know. <laughs> I guess I like naps. Anyway, so yeah, um, it, it, the easy way to document is take pictures. Take pictures, mm -hmm. take a video every once in a while of the inside of your rig or the inside of your shop or your office or whatever it is that might get stolen. Just take pictures and, and uh, but then also back it up with an Excel spreadsheet or even paper and pencil and a notebook. Um, the name of the uh, piece of equipment, the serial number, uh, how much you paid for it when you bought it, all that good stuff for sure. Okay, so let's go into the different types of insurance that a detailer might consider and they are along the same lines of, of, of what you guys are talking about, but let's put names to them. So the first, what do I need to insure? Well, first thing I need to insure is against the risk of damage to a customer's vehicle. Um, this is called Garage Keepers Legal Liability Coverage. Garage Keepers Legal Liability Coverage. So in this instance, we are thinking of ourselves kind of like a, an auto repair shop or a tire store. Um, we deal with automobiles, so we need a garage keeper's policy. Um, and then you want to uh, figure out how much, how many vehicles, uh, I'm sorry, what is the total uh, value of all the vehicles you'll be in possession of 
at any given time or on average. All right. So if you're going to have typically three Ferraris in your shop, then you need to have um, a, a policy that covers the full value of three Ferraris. Okay. Uh, for me, it's going to be more like daily drivers, maybe one, maybe two at a time. Um, so uh, I've got about a $60,000 worth of coverage on that. Okay. Um, so that's one way where you can adjust your, your premium by reducing or increasing the total value of vehicles you'd be in possession of at one time. But just realize that if you underestimate that and there is a catastrophic a loss, that you have to cover the difference between the two. Right. So that's garage keepers legal liability. Then there's damage to non-customer vehicles. If you're driving a customer vehicle and you run into somebody else, or you're driving your business vehicle and you run into somebody else, you have to be covered for that. So that is called, um, uh, excuse me, garage keepers liability auto portion. Garage keepers liability auto portion. All right. Yep. And so, one one of the things really important on that is if you are in if you have employees and you're not the one transporting, you need to make sure your policy covers other drivers. Mm -hmm. That's a, I think that's one that people overlook a lot. It's just like, hey, Jed, go down and pick up this car. The challenge you have with that, if they're not on your insurance policy and they're driving your cars, you are at a huge risk. And you're also right. at a risk if you have an employee that does something and they're in their own vehicle and they wreck, you're on the hook for that because you're part, it's part of your job description. So check to make sure that if you have employees doing any kind of errands, that your insurance covers them in their own personal vehicle. Otherwise, you're better off getting a company vehicle and sending them in the company vehicle. Right. Good point. And so this last one that I talked about, Garage Keepers Liability Auto Portion, this is the one that's similar to your personal auto liability. Okay. Now, very important. There's a lot of detailers out there listening to this now who may be kind of young uh, in the industry or uh, haven't really explored insurance, they think, well, I have a personal auto policy. That'll be fine. Not if you have a business, it's not going to cover you. If they find out that yeah, you were driving your vehicle to a job or back from a job or you're in a customer's vehicle and it was because it's a customer's vehicle, not a friend's vehicle, then you're, you're out of luck on your own personal auto liability policy. Okay. So um, make sure you've got a separate garage keepers policy for your business for all the times that you're driving customer vehicles or your own work vehicle. Okay. Um, then you've got um, customer injuries at your place of business. Mm -hmm. So let's say you've got a brick and mortar, uh, you've got a fixed location and you have customers dropping cars off and maybe you have a waiting lobby or whatever, and somebody slips on a hose or, you know, um, a, a, a floor that's slippery because somebody spilled the uh, dressing on it. Um, that's your garage liability other than auto. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that covers your liability for um, things like customers injuring themselves um, while they're at your shop. All right. So that's kind of the, um, running an automotive business, it's garage keepers. That's what you, that's what you want to get. All right. Then you talk about what the fine gentleman pointed out earlier. And that's if your work vehicle, if you're mobile, especially, and your work vehicle is broken into and all your equipment's stolen. Now, um, I happen to live in a pretty nice neighborhood in, in San Diego, but on next door, I can't believe the number of reports of, uh, uh, you know, construction guys or, you know, tradesmen with um, 
with tools in their vehicle overnight and they're all stolen. And now they're, they're SOL. They're, yep. they're like, I, I can't even go to work. I got nothing to work with. Uh, and it's, it's, it blows my mind that none of them have insurance on this stuff. It's so easy. Yeah. It's called inland marine insurance, inland marine insurance. And it's a funny name. It, it was developed um, f- uh, from the marine industry where somebody might work on boats and they have, they would have a little dinghy or something with all their tools in it and drive over to the boat and work on the boat and then drive back. Well, if all their tools were stolen from their work boat, then, then, you know, that you got to have coverage for that. So now what they did is they said, well, I have a vessel, a detail truck that is, that is moving around inland as opposed as a, as supposed as opposed <clears throat> as a marine <throat> and um so that's my boat and it has my tools in it so it's inland marine policy so and that's the one where uh, you want to think about things like replacement value versus just um hey we'll give you some money right because um, it doesn't do you any good to get, only get two-thirds of the cost of the stuff that's stolen right. um and then you got to cover the other third so, right. And kind of the unspoken thing there is you need to keep good records. Yes. You've got to keep records. When you purchase something, and this is what Jody was alluding to, I have a closet you can't see that's right directly in front of me. I, when I buy something, I put the box in there, put the receipt in a drawer or in a filing cabinet that is labeled, like right behind Prentice there, those filing cabinets, and you keep a hold of those things. Some of them I take pictures of. So I will take yeah. a picture of it and put it right on the box. Print it out, put it right on the box. You got a picture of the receipt. The receipt's in your filing cabinet from 2021, and then you got a picture of it. And that way, because when our stuff got stolen, it was really simple. I just pulled the boxes out. I sent the pictures of the receipts off. They started mailing laptops. Yeah, it was that simple. It's, guys, and, and, it's, it's so easy to put receipts in in files or in a box or something. Yeah. Just throw them all in there. They don't have to be organized. They don't have to be labeled. Just throw them in there. And then when the worst happens, and it's not going to happen, but if it does, you just grab the box and start going through stuff. Yeah, it's going to take yep. some time to, to go through those records. But photos, and I love that, keeping the boxes and, and, yeah. and the receipts. And then again, just keep records of stuff. If you're purchasing products, nobody thinks about that stuff. But, um, you know, like I said, there's there's features, and I'm sure other people have it, but our software has it where you it, it keeps track of everything you've purchased and the cost of it so that it's a direct replacement. You, you exactly. can get it replaced. If you're doing like a storefront or you resell product and that gets stolen, you you don't want to just be SOL, get it replaced. Yeah. You know, I think, um, you know, next to garage keepers insurance, I think an inland marine policy is absolutely mm-hmm. essential for somebody who's, who's running mobile and you're, you know, you're parking your van, you know, hopefully you're lucky enough to be able to put your van in a garage every night, but most of us aren't. And it's just so easy these days for somebody to come along and just start grabbing or just take the van. You know, yeah, exactly. The whole thing. You know? So uh, and, and you might have coverage for the van. Like you can get a, a, a replacement for the van, but that coverage doesn't necessarily include everything that's in it. Yeah. That's why you need that inland marine policy. Right. Okay. Right. So let's move on here to a couple other things to consider about insurance um, bonds uh, you know, a bond is a coverage against uh, theft by employees. Um, mm-hmm. In detailing, we don't really worry about that too much. Uh, that's more like if you're going into somebody's home and doing window cleaning or house right. cleaning, those kinds of businesses have to have a bond for sure. Uh, we don't really need that. 
Here's one that we do need, especially if you have employees. You have got to have workers' comp insurance. Absolutely. Workers' compensation insurance is key. And don't think you can get away with it by saying, oh, yeah, my guys would never file a claim or they'd never get hurt or nothing's ever going to happen. You've got to have it. I'll tell you, um, a couple of years ago, I had I had a longtime employee. He moved on, and and it was really just me after that. I, I asked my insurance agent, and I said, should I just cancel this until I find somebody? And uh, he said, you know, you've got a great rate. Just keep it because you never know when somebody's going to come on and then you don't have to worry about it. It's there. So I paid for workers comp over a, about a year and a half with no employees just because I knew that eventually I was going to need it again. And I've kept that great rate. And, it's been, it's and, and that's a really good. That's how, that's how important it is. I'll pay for it even when I don't have an employee at that time. Go ahead. Right. Yeah. And that's policies. Insurance policies are they're They're based on a longevity as well. The longer yes. you have the policy, the better your rates. And so that when Jody was alluding to that with my car, uh, you I've kept that policy because I don't have accidents on it. I don't have anything. My rates keep going down and I get a better rate on it. Um, so don't don't overlook that. You can no. you can put an, uh, a policy in suspension and still keep it. You pay the rates to keep it up and going, but it's in suspension. Um, right. That's a good one. If you've got um, employees that are driving vehicles, you can keep an, a policy on a vehicle, even if it sits, but just put it in suspension. Uh, it's also good if you're in the if you've got inclement weather and maybe you don't go do mobile stuff in the wintertime. You're somewhere where there's snow or something. Yeah. Put it in suspension, but keep the policy. Don't cancel it because then you have to start over, basically. Right. Right. Good point. Um, so, you know, and, and one of the things you can do to help yourself with uh, workers' comp insurance is, again, this record-keeping thing where you're supposed to be having a regular safety meeting with your employees, and you're supposed to train your employees um, on all the safety issues in your shop or on your mobile rig, and you're also supposed to have that um, SDS booklet with all the different SDS sheets of all the stuff they use. So if you have documentation that you've done all those trainings and those meetings and whatnot, when, it, when that uh, workers' comp claim comes in, and it's never going to happen, right? But if it does, you can go back to the insurance company and say, look, I've got all this. We went over this. I told them not to put extension cords into puddles of water. We went over all that. Okay. Yep. So, yeah, having a company handbook. And again, um, you know, the, uh, the SDS sheets, I know everybody's supposed to have them for every single chemical you have in. And that's a really important thing because if you ever get an employee that gets something in their eyes and they have to go to a hospital or doctors, you know, dock in the box to get it cleaned out, they're going to ask you for that. And that's right. kind of a, 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 quote, red flag for somebody to check that. So store those, um, make sure that you have them accurately. Your The companies that you're buying your chemicals from are legally required yes. to provide that to you. That's not well, something you have it on their website, just under yep. a tab and you can just print it out or you can get a, a, a digital copy of it and just put it all into yep. a file. If you're using RotoFS, you can upload it into the thing and you've got it right there at your fingertips. Wow. Fancy. I know, right? I know. So here's one that, that um, most of us don't think about, but it could be important, especially for large larger operations, and that's business interruption insurance or loss of income insurance. Mm. So, you know, especially for those of you who, um, who you're it, you're the one that's working and you're the one that brings in the bacon. Uh, you know, let's say, I don't know, there's a flood and you can't work for three months or um, you have a family emergency, you can't work for three months or you break your leg or whatever happens, okay? If you can't bring in that income for X number of months or maybe years, that's where business interruption insurance comes in and it will pay you a portion 
of your income over that period of time. So at least you know you've got that guaranteed income. Okay, so there's that one. Uh, disability insurance, okay, especially for all you young people out there, go get yourself a disability insurance policy. And this has nothing to do with your business. This has everything to do with you because you're the one that's making the money. And if you're, you're disabled for whatever reason and you can't make the money, what are you going to do? So yeah. if you're young, especially, you can get disability insurance pretty reasonably and you want to get it when you're young because it, it gets really expensive the older you get uh, to try to get a policy. Yeah. So I, uh, fortunately I had good advice even before I was in the detail business, before I had my own business, somebody said, you should get a disability insurance policy. This was like, I want to say 30 years ago. And I still have that policy and it's, uh, it's great. If something happens to me and I can't make, I, I become temporarily disabled for uh, six months, a year, two years, three years, whatever it is, at least I'm going to have some of my income coming in, being paid by that insurance company. So disability right. insurance is a good one. Um, and then, you know, there's there's personal insurance. Um, and and that's, that's like just for yourself. And it's always recommended to have a personal umbrella policy in place. This is a, an umbrella liability policy. Uh, typically, it's like two million. It's two million dollars worth of insurance, um, and so this is sort of they call it umbrella because it kind of covers everything. And the whole point about an umbrella policy is is if somebody you do something that either hurts somebody or injures somebody somehow or causes a loss to that person, and they just get sue happy and they just want to sue you just because they're pissed off. All right, that's they're going to go after that two million dollar policy instead of going after your uh, personal belongings, okay, or, or whatever mm -hmm. real estate you might have. So you can see that, that that sort of barrier between you and the person is going to be really nice. Mm -hmm. um, they're going to, you know, their, their attorney is going to say, oh, this guy's got a $2 million umbrella policy. Let's go after that. And then at yeah. least anything that you own stays intact. They, they're not going to go after that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah it makes oh, perfect yeah, absolutely. sense. Absolutely. And that's yeah. that's kind of like the in our world, it's the errors and omissions, right? That's the yeah. policy that's the barrier for us is <laughs> but we this made is, an error, go after that. Right. But this, yeah, exactly. But this is something that you can get from your regular insurance agent, yeah. regardless of what you do, whether you're a full-time employee, you know, you should have this because it's just a great uh, again. You know, your best friend decides he's going to sue you for everything you own and he's not your best friend anymore. At least he'll have something to go after. Right. Yeah. So it's not it's not going to be cheap. Insurance is not going to be cheap. You start adding up all these different policies um, and you you really want to do some shopping around. Um, I would start with your personal insurance agent and see what they have. Uh, that's not always the, the least the least expensive way to go. Because uh, some of these bigger corporations, uh, you know, you, you get your auto policy and your homeowner's policy through them. And then you ask them for business insurance. They're like, oh, yeah, I would love to give you that for 5000 a year. Um, but, you know, uh, you shop around a little bit. Um, IDA is kind of looking into a group insurance program. Hmm. Okay, don't quote me, but we're, we're going to investigate that and see if yeah. it's even a possibility. Because if you get 2,000 people together uh, shopping from one company, um, they right. can typically get you a, a pretty good rate. So we're looking into that, but don't uh, don't don't quote me on that yet. Um, 
And then also, you know, can I afford it? That's always the question. I don't know if I can afford that. That's really expensive. You know what's expensive? If a car lights on fire in your shop and your whole shop burns down, that's expensive. Okay. Right. Really Replacing expensive. every tool that you have overnight because you have a job tomorrow is really expensive. That's expensive. Yeah. Okay. So um, if you look at maybe 200 300 $500 a month of insurance when you add up all these different policies, when you really think about it, it's not that expensive. And where do you pass that expense on to? Build it into your pricing. Yeah, build, into your you pricing. build it into your pricing. And that's part of the package when somebody does business with you is they know that you come covered. All right. Uh, I just had my windows washed today. Um, a good friend of mine has a wonderful window washing business and we do a trade. I bust my ass getting his car all cleaned up and he cleans up my windows. They look spectacular, by the way. Um, that's why it's glowing behind me. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't let a window washer in my house if I didn't know that he was bonded and fully insured. Right. I wouldn't right. do it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. absolutely. And that's just the, that is just absolutely kind of the standard of business in every industry, right? I mean, every other industry yeah. in the world has a certification and they have their license bonded insured. And so when people come in and like, well, why would I get insurance? Why would I get, you know, certified? It's like, mm -hmm. because you want to be a legitimate business. Yes. And you don't want to be the guy standing on the street corner with a cardboard sign that, you know, that's, that, that's one way to do it, but it's not the right way. You, you need to have insurance. You need to make sure you're covered. And it's one of the reasons you can charge the prices you're going to charge. When we get yes. into the series and we start talking about your menu and how much you're charging, I'm charging because of the years of experience, the certification, the insurance that I cover, and, and everything else around what I do. And so that legitimizes you everything you've got. Here's my certifications. Here's my license. Here's my insurance. Here's my, you know, guys that have this many years of experience. Those are the th reasons you can charge that and not worry about the person that wants the $25 detail. And that should be on your business cards. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, the, the three is um, licensed, insured, certified. Um, and, and, you know, obviously get those things first. <laughs> yes. Yes. That should be on your business card and it should be on your Yelp page and it should be mm -hmm. on your marketing materials and everywhere else. So that yeah. people know immediately when they, when they look at your name and your business, that, that they're dealing with somebody that really cares and somebody that's a, that's a true business person. Um, and, you know, I'll tell you what, when you're trying to figure out your prices, you know, we, we try to hover around $100 an hour, um, mm -hmm. you know, 75 to 125, maybe even more if you're doing a lot of coatings. But um, then you look at you, you need to look at uh, all your expenses and figure out uh, what your regular expenses are. And I just lump insurance into that. I don't even think about it. Yeah. Uh, I've got mm -hmm. all the bills, all the insurance bills on auto pay and on monthly and i just don't even think about it um and it just because i know that i've got to have that when i need it now i've been fortunate in all the years that i've had insurance that i've never had to file a claim okay so uh, that really helps there but you've got to think of it as a normal expense just like having a cell phone would mm -hmm. you do a yes. business without a mobile mobile device mobile communication right. device absolutely I wouldn't do it without insurance either. Um, so that's that's part of it. Now, um, I wanted to to talk a little bit about um, now. Nah, anyway, you guys go. <laughs> so one of the things I wanted to mention is a lot of people are uncomfortable with some of these conversations. Part of that to me is um, and I'm a relationship driven person. 
right? I, I'm not a uh, go to the web, click, 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 I, big hugs. Aww. So go meet your insurance agent. Yes. Talk to them. Explain to them what you're doing. You know, hey, I'm starting a detailing business. I'm going to start out mobile. So this is what I need. My goal is in a year to a year and a half to open up a shop. Then I'll need this. And then I want to bring on employees and I'll need this. Because sometimes if you tell them the story or the plan, They'll say, okay, let's start you with this policy. And then we can move that into and we can roll that into another policy. And in the long term, it'll save you money. And it definitely will save you a headache if you go and meet them and explain the story to them beforehand. Well, I think one of the things that we often overlook, especially uh, like in Rod and I's scenario, we have partners, right? So we have to consider an insurance policy, a death insurance policy, a key employee that leaves policy. And so a lot of times that's something that we overlook, right? right. So what, what is the death insurance policy that you need as a business owner mm -hmm. to not only cover your business, but also your family in that right. event that you know, unlikely event that you pass on. So that's yep. something I think a lot of times small business overlook, but it's really critical, especially if you're a larger operation and you have business partners that your absence can adversely affect the business. And so you need to have insurance in place for that as well. Yeah. The partnerships, you, you bring up a couple of good things just on a side note here. Um, I think life insurance is critical, especially mm -hmm. if you have a spouse or you have children. And, um, yep. I hate telling the story, but it's really important. Um, Years ago, 20 years ago, um, there was a tragic accident uh, uh, outside of our house. It was a young man who had, had been drinking too much at the bar, and uh, they kicked him out, and he drove his brand-new truck and crashed it and died. Uh, and um, <laughs> my friend who's an insurance agent, um, I was chatting with him about that. He said, yeah, I just, I met with them two days before that and talked to them about life insurance. And he said it was too expensive. Oh man. And wife was pregnant. Yeah. Oh man. And, and I'll tell you, that's one of those. Go, now, now drunk driving, you know, you kind yeah. of have in your own hands, but if he had said, sure, let's sign up at least his wife and his unborn child would have had money coming in from his idiot decision. Right. And, and that's so one of those is, is really important because basically what that does is it guarantees whoever's left behind gets the income that you would have made. And it doesn't yeah. have to be one of these huge, ridiculous policies. You know, younger person, you could get a term life and policy, but term life policy for for, I don't know, uh, 15 bucks, 20 bucks or yeah, it's nothing. Yeah. And at least and it leaves something behind. Right. Yes. And that's to your point earlier. If you're a younger person, you need to go get some life insurance right yes. now. because It's really easy when you're young and healthy. And when you cheap. get to be our age, it's the nth degree. I've got the same policy I've had since I was in my 20s. It is a yeah. it is a whole life policy. One of them I have is called a whole life policy. Mm -hmm. Go talk to an agent. They'll explain it to you. But the bottom line is I can cash that out when I'm older. So when I hit my 70s, I can cash it out. I get a little bit of money. That policy cost me forty three dollars a month. That's what it's been since I was in my 20s. That's what it's going to be all the way through. At the end of my life, I get money back. The money yeah. I put in, it's not going to give me back, but it's a six-figure number. And if I die, it leaves my family some money. Right. So do it now. Yeah. Go get it. Put it in place. 
it, it, it seems like an expense that you shouldn't spend, but my God, we spend more than that at the weekend on the bar. You, you spend more on coffee, eating out. I mean, you'll spend more than 40 yeah. bucks a month eating out. So just go get the policy and put it behind you and just don't that, even think about that it. That guy that, that left his family behind probably spent the down payment at the bar. Absolutely. Uh, on that life insurance policy. But anyway, so that's, that's, you know, I'll step up my soapbox about that. It's really critical. Mm-hmm. Um, I will suggest that um, if you can find an insurance broker, a business insurance broker, that might be better talking to that person than just an insurance company. Yes, 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 the absolutely. going to have access to all these different companies out there that offer different programs. And the insurance broker that I use has, has gotten me a killer workers' comp rate for all these years. So um, then where do you find an insurance broker? Well, business networking groups. And that's that's where I found my guy, my late tip group. And there he was. And he's still there. We've been in the same group for 20 years. So that's going to be huge. Um, and then there's also this concept, especially when you get into to larger numbers, like if you've got some serious real estate, uh, you've got some serious uh personal value, uh, as far as your belongings, then you start thinking about corporation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Creating an entity, um, as opposed to you being a sole proprietor and what, really that, important. what that entity does, it gives you a number of, of, of advantages. One, uh, the entity then is the thing that somebody's going to go after if they want to sue you, or if there's an right. insurance claim, it's not you and your home and your personal property. It's the company, which is like, you know, the separate box or the separate building. It's almost like a separate person all of a sudden. Yep. Also, when you get to a certain point, you got to talk to your CPA about this. Uh, the advantages um, of, of, of paying yourself out of your own corporation versus doing uh, sole proprietorship, the tax advantages become really good. And it's, there's a certain cutoff point. I remember years ago when I incorporated my uh, my CPA said, yeah, you're at that point now where you're making enough money and you've got enough real property where it makes sense. You should just incorporate. And it's been great ever since. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that, too. So. Yep. And that and that's a whole thing where, you know, as we go through all of these things, there's a theme going on here is that. If you want to be a legitimate business, you have to think about it in the way that a legitimate business person thinks about it. Right. This is not a side gig. This is not a side hustle. A side hustle. It's not an avocation. It's not a hobby. Yeah, no, it's not a hobby. If it is, that's fine. But you still need to have that insurance. I mean, I have a hobby shop behind my house. I have a thirty by thirty shop behind my built my house, and it is listed as a hobby shop. But I have hobby shop insurance through my insurance agent wow. that covers all the crap inside of my shop. And he's got a lot of crap. And I got a lot of crap. <laughs> I, got, I got a lot of toys. So <laughs> he's got a lot the of thing crap. about that is, is you, whatever you're doing, whether it's personal or business, in this case, you want to keep those separate. Yeah. To your point about the incorporation, you want to keep yourself and the business as a separate entity because of the obvious reasons of if something happens, you need to break that away. You decide to sell the business. Somebody comes after you. You want it to be a separate thing. You don't want them to come after you, the person you want it to come right. after the business. Right. Exactly. And they will, you know, one, one person told us, you know, if you've never been sued, then you're not really in business. And, and right. you know, yeah. unfortunately that's the world we live in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It, it is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, unfortunately I've never been sued, but you know, that is one of those saying, sayings especially with larger businesses, um, the, the more you're out there, the more the more risk potential you have. And that's where yes. insurance is so important is you, you've got to mitigate against that risk, as, as Rod said. 
Yeah. Um, so, um, and you know, if, if you're just starting out and and you, you're not making a ton of money, I'd say go out and get an a, a general liability uh, yep. umbrella policy. Just get a personal umbrella policy. That way, if somebody sues you, at least they've got something to go after. And then, you know, start looking at the minimums on on some of these insurances. Um, you know, what's the what's the least I can insure for? So at least I have a policy in place and establishing that relationship, excuse me, with the insurance company so that as your business gets bigger and you start learning how to price better and make more income, then you can start to increase those limits of liability uh, with the same company. And hopefully they won't uh, jack up the premium too much because you have a history with them. Yeah, I right. think a lot of times, you know, business owners, number one, they don't know what kind of insurance to ask for. So I'm actually going to go back and in the comments, I'm going to put everyone that you've outlined and that we've talked about, because I think it's good that we have a reference point for you guys to go and shop for that. But I, I also love that point too, Prentice. Start out small. And as you grow, talk to your agent or your broker and get the additional insurance as you grow to cover your company and yourself. Right, right. And then there's also, you know, um, I was talking earlier about, you know, how often do you use your insurance? So I went 25 years before I actually damaged a customer's vehicle. It was a brand new, of course, uh, <laughs> Honda Pilot. And uh, I was uh, at their house to, uh, putting a sealant on the brand new Honda Pilot. And I went to move it and I backed it out of the driveway. And that postal truck was not there when I showed up. And it was parked in the red zone. And I went right into the corner of it, the corner of their bumper. And it was just, it was shocking to me and i heard the thud and i went back and said oh yeah yeah, yeah there you go Re the postal vehicle was great no damage <laughs> of, of course yeah. of course that's and, the way it always is yeah and you know the customer of course the, she was absolutely completely pissed off and i said i'm going to take care of it no matter what don't worry about it um they went <laughs> first they were going to go to the dealership and i said please i've got a body shop that's been in business for years. Can we please at least give them a, a chance to estimate it? And it was like a thousand dollars less. So yeah. that having business relationships can really help in some of these situations. So, and then um, they, fortunately the folks ended up uh, going with my body shop friend and um, he took care of it and he gave me, a, it was originally 1600 bucks. He, he gave me a $400 discount. That's awesome. So, again, the relationships. So I paid $1,200 out of pocket. And the reason I did that is because I know if I had turned a claim in with my garage keepers, my rates right. would have gone through the roof. Hey, absolutely. So, because I caused the accident. So sometimes you just take care of things. Yeah. And, you know, right. it's, uh, that that's another just quick customer service message. If you break something, just fix it. Get it fixed. Right. Mm -hmm. Don't hassle with it. Don't haggle with the customer. Just you know, do it. Just do it. If it costs you a couple hundred bucks, if it yeah, costs right. twelve hundred bucks, just fix it because right. that creates uh, uh, customer. What's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> Satisfaction, relationship, yeah, value, all good stuff. All that. All that so stuff. the the perfect example of that, and then somebody was asking a question about this is interior pieces, little plastic interior pieces, right? You know goodwill. that you goodwill. That's the word I was looking yeah, for. Yeah, customer goodwill. goodwill. So if you break a little 
a little plastic piece inside of an interior or something. Don't try to cover right. it up. Just own up to it. Hey, I broke this. I'm going to get you a new one. I'm going to take, I've got the number off the back of this one, order it online, do whatever you need to do yeah. to take care of it. And this is the same thing with your equipment stuff, right? If, if I had had a single laptop that had been stolen, I might not have turned that into insurance. Now, like I said, our policy didn't go up, but I didn't know that till afterwards. But like, for instance, if somebody steals a polisher out of the back of your van or out of the back of your truck or something, that that's one of those items where you go, you know, it's 350 bucks. Do I really want to turn yeah, this into exactly. insurance and have a right. possibility of it going up? Or do I just buy a new one and chalk it up to experience? You've yeah. got to weigh those things out because there is that cutoff point where it's like, it's not worth it. Right. Um, yes. You just got to something, And that's, I'll tell you, that's something where it's, it really helps to have a broker or insurance agent that you yeah. can talk to, because if you have an insurance agent versus just a company, right, you can call your agent and say, look, this just happened. What do you think? Should I submit this or should I? And yeah. hopefully that person's going to give you a good answer. Yeah, no, yeah. that's yeah, because there's sometimes they say, Oh yeah, turn it in. You get like my insurance agent for vehicles. He's like, Oh, you guys get one windshield a year and it won't raise your rates at all. If yeah. you get a chip in your windshield, don't even bother taking it down. Just just get it replaced. Right. You know, now that on our my wife's driving a a new Atlas, that's a really expensive windshield. There's electronics in that thing. And he's like, Well, okay, let's let's repair <laughs> that one. You know, Roll back you a little bit. Talk to him. Yeah. yeah, it goes back to that relationship thing. Just call them up and yeah. talk to them. If you're not talking to your insurance agent at least once a year, either they're not doing their job or you're not doing your job. Right. And Rod, you know, just you, just to the last point on that, you know, you brought up that good point of um, referring back to where I started this conversation. Insurance is for those catastrophic events. Yes. Your shop is completely flooded out. All mm -hmm. your tools are stolen. The car right. burns to the ground. Um God forbid you run over somebody. That's what it's for. It's not for the little stuff that happens day to day. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yep. That's it. No, that's, that's good. Well, well, we really appreciate you. And, and there is a huge amount of information that we've covered today. Like I said, I will go through and I will make some notes and put them in the comments because this is really, really critical information for you business owners. I mean, it really is. I know it seems like some, it's a nuisance. It's something you don't want to pay for. I mean, it's not, I mean, no one, no one's excited to write an insurance check, you know, yeah. excited yeah. to write a check for a new car, but yeah, but, but it's really, really critical for your business. So please remember, uh, you know, tap in every week. This is our third episode. So make sure you check out our la last episode that we talked about compliance. This week we talked about insurance. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe. Because yes, if you subscribe, then YouTube will let you know when there's a new one up and you won't have to guess. That's right. So. Prentice, thank you so much for bringing your wealth of knowledge to, to this Business 101 series. And uh, we look forward to catching you Indeed. same time, same bad channel just next week or next episode. See ya. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks, brother.